and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Thursday morning. Joining us from the Boston Celtics practice facility, is it called the Auerbach Center, Tim Bontemps? It is called the Auerbach Center. And hello, fellas. Yes, he's flew up from New York today, tonight, Warriors Celtics. And joining us from Dallas, Texas, Bontemps, I think there's a chance he might get banned again. It's Ben McCann. <laughs> Howdy, partners. I can report there was no problems with my credential last night. Uh, you know, if if the Mavericks players are working security, I'd be able to get past them anyway. Well, it's, it's interesting you say deep, that. It's so. a defense joke. It's a defense <laughs> joke. Uh, right. I understand. Uh, they gave up 130, what, three games in a row? Um, or four games in a row or something like that? Three games in a row. Jay Kidd, I think, has had his fill of that. By the way, Bon Temps, for those watching on YouTube, have you ever seen a an uglier leprechaun than, than Bon Temps in the middle of that Celtics logo? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, they wouldn't call him lucky. Uh, so That's I'm right. trying to get this. I'm trying to get this tweet because I want to read it exactly correctly. Um, uh, you you issued this tweet yesterday afternoon. Mark Cuban denies Luka Doncic has indicated he wants the roster to be upgraded. And he goes on the record to say the following. Mark Cuban, quote, again, this is in (laughs) Tim McMahon's Twitter feed. Mark Cuban, quote, Tim McMahon got it dead wrong. Luca has never suggested, asked, demanded, or discussed changes to the roster. And then there was a second tweet. (laughs) I was going to say, the second tweet's important too. Cuban continued. Luca and Nico have a great relationship. Nico Harrison, the team GM, have a great relationship. They talk almost daily. Luca knows exactly what we have going on and is very supportive. I, I think they know he knows exactly what they're thinking in terms of like lunch orders and you know possible uniform stuff because they never he he's never even discussed changes to the roster. Cuban said that seconds earlier. Never discussed right. him. So their their daily talks are about other things, obviously. <laughs> How about Luca's new tank truck that he drove to the game oh, yesterday? Dude, this guy collects cars, and that thing's not collects automobiles. That's not a car; that is a tank. He collects automobiles like I used to collect baseball cards, or like people collect sneakers. He has got a collection, but that thing is plus. Don't you think he's impressive. got a collection back in Slovenia? I'm sure he does. So Hassan Whiteside, I believe still has, but certainly had one of those type of things that he parked. Uh, it would be parked regularly outside the Jazz's facility last year. Stenciled on the side was Big Shirley. That was that truck's name. I don't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a joking mood last night post-game after their third straight loss, fifth loss in six games, so on and so forth. So didn't get to inquire about potential names for this beast that uh, that Luke is driving, but it is. I mean, it's a <laughs> check out Mark Jones's Twitter if you want to if you want to see it. It's an impressive uh, <laughs> an impressive specimen. Yeah. Um, well, I just think people thought it was funny that you in your own Twitter feed quoted Mark Cuban saying you were wrong. I well, was, and 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 Cuban demanded a correction and i told him i'm not going to correct something that is accurate information and we you know i said if you want to make a statement i'm happy to report it and that's the statement that he made there you so go. you know i mean which is fair and listen i understand there's a we can discuss semantics here they and it's a sensitive subject and and they are 
very sensitive to the perception that Luca is trying to dump teammates or, or that sort of thing. And Luca's sensitive to that. Um, you know, there was a mural uh, that was painted in the deep ellum section of Dallas recently. And this, then the artist like sent out the, the, uh, a picture of it to all the media. And so, you know, it, it got some attention. Uh, and it was a picture of Luca holding up a sign that said, please send help with some of his more bonkers stat lines <laughs> around him. Cuban emailed that, um, <laughs> this is a true story. Mavs Moneyball, the, uh, one of the Mavs blogs wrote about this. Cuban emailed, the um and i'm looking it up here he emailed the uh the artist and like <laughs> got on his butt <laughs> it was was very upset about this um god these guys tweet and and and, and write a lot of stuff <laughs> anyways i'm sorry all right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna find it so I, I can't scroll down that far but so I, I won't quote it exactly but the the artist said something along the lines of you know, I was just hoping that that Mark would see this and and you know kind of be spurred into action. <laughs> like well, bro, this is what you, it doesn't take paintbrushes to figure out that this team that's now two games above 500 with a short list MVP candidate putting up the best numbers of his career needs to upgrade. And and that honestly, my thought when I wrote this in paragraph 33 of a story was is almost like a no bleep statement like you know sources say luka Doncic thinks texas summers are too damn hot well, <laughs> you know what i mean because obviously they need to upgrade but the whole point was this tough spot that they're in this is the sort of thing that i refer to as majoring in the minor mm-hmm. you know and i and like i understand you know um you know one of the things you that it's that's key for an organization to do is to control the message and when they can't control the message, it's very frustrating. Trust me, that's the world we live in. <clears throat> uh, we're the messengers. So, um, but you know, worrying about a painting or squibbling or you know, quabbling, squabbling, squibbling, quabbling, dabbling, dobbling um, with something that you had written like that is majoring in the minor. Right. And especially when the team is not playing well like they are right now, regardless of the way he actually feels. It's also unusual for an owner with as much experience as Mark Cuban to be focused on that right now. He's got uh, a lot more. Cubans. He's majored in a lot of minor in, in his day. And, and, and certainly, and I get it. You want to protect the player, the player, uh, your superstar the face, of your franchise does not want to be perceived as a guy in, and, and he's really the newsworthy thing here is that Luca is starting to be much more involved. Involved in the personnel discussions where previously it's always been like, I mean, y'all can let me know, but I don't really want to be involved in that. Now he's starting to be, you know, much more involved. And, you know, the ideas aren't just being bounced off of him is my understanding that he's bouncing some ideas the other way as well. Well, I mean, uh, your reporting on the Mavs over the years has got a pretty good track record. Um, You know, it is an interesting time. So we're three weeks from today is the trade deadline. Um, I th- I don't know how you feel about this, Bontemps. I definitely feel an uptick in rumors, so that probably means the correlation of an uptick in beginning of talks. Um, still don't have any stuff that I feel is significantly actionable, but we're starting to see stuff take a little bit of shape. Um, but you know, one of the things that's been identified here, and you know, Cuban's reaction 
to McMahon and, and the painting and whatnot is an illustration that there are some teams that are starting to feel or maybe even have been feeling pressure to 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 try to you know to try to do something and there might not be that much to do but certainly there's a you know there's a lot of parity maybe not in the actual roster quality but there's a lot of parity in the standings and so there's you know there's quite a few teams that are definitely underachieving and so Dallas is kind of one of them even though they've been really messed up with injuries uh, recently, and they can point to that and, and be fair that that's affected them. But you know, there's some teams that are under some pressure to upgrade, and you know, I think we're going to talk about a few of them right now. I don't know if you want to start with the Mavericks, uh, Bond Temps, but um, but certainly that's you can start to feel that. I don't know about you, but I can't. Yeah, I mean, I still think we're in this holding pattern because with the advent of the playing tournament, like we've talked about before, I just don't think we're going to see anything really happen until February. It's just, you know, we've got about nine days, got nine days of February till the trade deadline. I think that's when we're going to see the vast majority of the business get done because everybody is kind of just waiting to see where they're at on February 1st. I mean, look at the Western conference standings as an example. Mm. There are currently five teams in the Western conference that are over 500, five. The Mavs are two games over 500, you say the Mavs are underachieving. The Mavs are two games over 500. They're in fifth place. You got Phoenix in 12th. You got Minnesota in 10th. You got the Clippers, 23 and 24. How about this? The Oklahoma City Thunder have our one game under 500. The LA Clippers are one game under 500. Talk about a team under pressure. We'll they get have to swap them in a minute. Rights. They have swap they, rights. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who would have thought those swap rights might be worthless? That's hilarious. That's right. <laughs> Um, I will point something out. So we're recording this on January 19th. The pod will come out January 20th. Last year, on January 21st, the Celtics lost. I can't remember who they lost to, but the Celtics lost, lost to, to fall to they 23 lost and lost to Portland at home to fall to 23 and 24. Now, that was obviously not a normal course of a season. Um, there were numerous factors that played into all that, but the Celtics were under 500 in these same days last year and were ahead in the finals two to one. Okay. So, and so when you're, when you're a team out there that is around 500 right now, I wouldn't necessarily feel great about that, but it is still there for the taking in both conferences. Although I think more the West than the East. Oh, no, definitely um, way more, way more in the West. But, let, but okay. let, we're getting a little over a field. Bon let's get back to lower the, your let's microphone get, a little, bro. You're like eating it and you're popping my ears. It's Sorry, I'm, try, I'm in a I'm in a weird I'm in a weird setup here. I'm trying to I'm trying <laughs> to don't eat the thing. He's uh, on the road. He's in the field. Let, let uh let's let's get back to what we started with though. And talk right, who about are we going to start with? Are, are, who we well, we got to start. No, we're going to start with Dallas. We got to start with Big Man's okay. team, and it goes back to for all the window dressing that you know. Cuban had tried to put on it with this ridiculous statement mm-hmm. yesterday. The The point McMahon made is the only one that matters. Dallas has a, a flawed roster and has limited ways to improve right. it, whether they want to improve it or not. They don't have a lot of interesting pieces to trade. They're limited on picks for now. They, they're, they're in a spot where the West is completely wide open. They're one of six, seven, eight teams. You could make an argument, could win the West if things break right. Ideally, to do that, they would upgrade the roster. Mm-hmm. And to me, looking at it right now, there's not a clean path to them doing that. 
they ha- they're pretty limited in what they can do. And it's going to make the, the process of trying to make this team better, pretty complicated for them. Right. And when you say they're pretty limited, they still owe the pick. It's top 10 protected. It'll convey this year for the Chris Stapps Porzingis deal. So their, their previous big swing, which obviously ended up being a swing and a miss, still hasn't been paid. They still desperately need to get a co-star in place. I, you know, whether they need a co-superstar, you know, maybe Luca's good enough to where they just need a top 20-ish player, not another top 10 player, whatever. They, but they've got to figure out a path to get that co-star. And then, you know, we've talked about modern NBA math. You don't want to get to a point where the face of your franchise is only two years out on his deal without having a championship caliber team in place. You know, so you're looking at a year and a half time span. Point is, they obviously want to upgrade. They also have to be extremely selective about whether they use the first round pick because almost certainly they're going to need to bundle picks to get that star. And so I'm talking to, uh, and and again, that's more of a this summer, next deadline, maybe even the summer after that type of thing. And I'm talking to a, a pro scout on a team that's that's a, a contender. And I use this quote. He 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 said it. And I'm like, man, that that really sums it up. Can I use that? He says uh, it's a really tough spot, and it's the pressure great players place on the organization. You want to be good, but the balance of patience and competitiveness is a really hard line to walk. The Mavericks want to upgrade, but they also need to be patient. The problem is, you know, patience. It's a, it's not necessarily a set timeline. But it's a set timeline in terms of when you might really have to worry about things going south. Well, and by, and one other thing, real quick, to go back to your initial joke about the players being able to not stop you from getting in the building if you got banned. We've talked a lot about how, you know, at least we've talked some about the Kings this year and how the real question about whether they're actually going to be able to push forward to make the playoffs is where, mm-hmm. where their defense is going to be. By the way, Sacramento fourth place right now in the West. Pretty remarkable. Won five games in a row. Third place. I mean, sorry, not fourth. Third. Third place in the West. And on top of that, the Kings right now, 24th in defense, giving up 114.6 points per 100 possessions. Dallas is in 25th, giving up 115. If they want to have any chance of being a a true title contended team, they have to do something about their defense over the next few weeks, probably, because the current roster is not going to be good enough defensively to get where they want to go. Yeah, the, the the good news is they got Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green back last night, two of their top three or four defenders. Uh, bad news is they still gave up 130 to the Hawks. More good <laughs> news is Maxi Kleba, who tore his hamstring and underwent surgery, uh, which caused Chris Middleton you know, a few years back to miss four months. He was on the team's uh, pregame show last night on their on their broadcast and said he, he'll be back maybe even by the all-star break which is shocking um and he is absolutely kind of the the glue that holds their defense together but you know Jay Kidd uh, like I said he he kind of fired away about their defense last night I said you know other than getting guys back like well how do you fix this and he started his answer by saying, if it's with this personnel, then you've got to keep asking or demanding for those guys to play defense. If it's with this personnel, I'm, yeah. you know, I don't know. Does I, Jason I Kidd if, want upgrades? What about? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. 
You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. You brought up sack real quick. Uh, one of their beat writers, James Ham, brought this uh, to my attention. The Kings currently have the best road record, road record in the Western Conference. Wow. It's impressive. Um, and that is saying something, especially for a team that's 24th in defense. You, your story about last night's game, McMahon, you pointed out that um, Dallas has gone from 7th in defense last year to 25th in defense this year. Yeah. And, and, uh, and losing Jalen Brunson is not the reason for that. Yeah. So they lost <laughs> he helped them in a lot of so, ways, but that wasn't, right. that wasn't <laughs> right. So they lost one of their best, you know, their second best, would you say their second best offensive player? I'd say the second best say? player period. Yes. Okay. And then they've backslid in defense. So it's just, I mean, I can understand why they're sensitive, but they're also facing reality. Well, and, um, and, and uh, Christian Wood, you know, we still have that situation. Are they going to work out an extension short term? Um, if not, is he going to be traded? Uh, you know, he, and he's had like in the Lakers game, he had some clutch blocks down the stretch. He's had some, you know, a, a string uh, of multi-block games. But the simple fact of the matter is, he is a phenomenal offensive player who, if he's your starting center, you're going to have some some significant defensive issues, and that's that's part of this. The whole league right now is about outscoring the opponent, but as Jay Kidd said, hey, <laughs> if you're giving up 130, you ain't outscoring that. Like, right. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you can't, like, there's a, there's a limit. All right, let's yeah, talk about sure. another team under some pressure, the L.A. Clippers, who – Lost their ninth time at 11 games on Wednesday night in uh, in Utah. It wasn't a surprising loss because they sat everybody. It was the second night of a back-to-back. And John Wall is now out for a few weeks with an abdominal injury. Um, they have one of the hardest remaining schedules in the league. They are in a stretch right now where they, I believe, play eight of nine on the road. Maybe it's even nine of ten on the road. They have back-to-back multi-game road trips with one home game in between, and it runs right into the trade deadline. Um, they are, Kawhi has begun to to really start to string together some more impressive performances. He was shaky when he first came back, which is understandable. When I say first came back, he came back and then he was out with an unannounced injury for 15 games. Then he came back again. And now he's starting to, starting to show some stuff, but the team has 
absolutely no identity and no traction whatsoever from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, from Monday to Tuesday, from Tuesday to Friday. Mm-hmm. It is, you, you, you know, uh, Ty Lue has changed the lineup a whole bunch of times. He's changed who he's had a point guard. He's been searching like crazy for, for minutes at center because they just they don't have anybody really that they can count on, which they, can, they tend to get slaughtered. Outside of Zubac. Zubac. When yeah. Zubac leaves the floor. Um, recently, they've had this issue where <clears throat> Kawhi will play the whole third quarter, and then they rest him to start the fourth. And then when he comes back um, in, the, in the fourth, um, uh, he doesn't – he like, can't restart. Like he, yeah. it, you know, that was one of the things, you know, all year long, they've um, been trying and Kawhi himself has been trying to figure out how to moderate his minutes. His minutes are now up, but he's, he's having trouble, you know, put connecting it. It's just one giant wet noodle. There yeah. is just nothing there, there. And so Bontemps, they are a candidate to make a trade because they have tradable pieces. And I do believe that they can now trade a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, they, they can trade one. They've, they've, they. I think it's 2028. They can trade. They got or 2029, I guess. But they got to the point past the what they owe the uh, um, the Thunder, where they can make a trade. They, they have money. They have tradable assets. They have a pick, and they ha- they probably need to address point guard because it's all over the place, or backup center, or both. And this team. If like they definitely could be a Celtics story, I can't sit here and say, I think that's going to happen. But the thing about the Celtics is you couldn't argue they had a bunch of talent. So the one thing the Celtics had going for them was the talent. Well, the the Clippers have talent. So they are now going to try to manufacture a Celtics story. The Celtics did make a trade last year, bringing in Derek white. I wouldn't say it revolutionized. It helped. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's, they had had already more than they'd already more than taken off by then obviously that's true the Derek white trade definitely helped but they had they had more than they had more than taken off by then look if you're if you're trying to write the the positive narrative for the clippers right it's that Kawhi leonard and paul george have played together in 16 games that's a third of their games and when they've been on the court they've outscored teams by almost eight points per 100 possessions right that's the if you're if you want to say if you're trying to look at this as an optimistic clippers person you say all right those guys are on the court and available. Clippers are going to have a chance to beat anybody, especially in what's a very down, very wide open Western Conference. That said, as we all know, and McMahon immediately started shaking his head uh, correctly, there's no guarantee these guys are going to be able to be on the court right. on a regular basis mm-hmm. over the next couple of months going into a very difficult schedule. You mentioned the point guard spot. I forget about backup center. The The Clippers are not playing centers other than Zubach in games that matter in the playoffs anyway. If they make an upgrade, it's got to be a point guard. And that's because Reggie Jackson and John Wall have both been bad. They've been outscored by three points per hundred with Reggie Wait, Jackson He's basically gone to Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann is who they're playing. Right, Terrence, Terrence Mann has been better because John Wall, when John Wall's been on the court, they've been getting outscored by six and a half points per hundred possessions, worst on the team. Like, that is just yeah, not... Yeah, but I, that I is blame just the Rockets. I, bl- I blame the Rockets for that. <laughs> I, an iconic <laughs> interview from John Wall on that. On Theo, Theo Pinson's... Pinson's yes, Theo Pinson's who podcast. Who knew he had a pod? Congrats. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is something It is amazing. He had a pot. I, by the way, love that he was still uh, trash talking. He was still doing wizards trash talk about like 2016, 17. 
he was still sticking to that trash talk. I, I actually tip my cap. I really like John. Just to John, I love him. John. John's John's a, a wildly entertaining guy, but yeah, I love John. It is. It has been. It has been a struggle with him on the court this year. It's been a struggle with Reggie on the court. Right, the Clippers have to upgrade that spot, in my opinion, over the next month. We'll see if they do. And, and yeah, like they're they're under a ton of pressure. I mean, we mentioned the pick swap. Like, it's there's some realm of possibility now where the Thunder make the playoffs. They have one of the four or five best players. And the Clippers in the West. miss it. in a play-in tournament, mm-hmm. right? The the Thunder, if the Thunder <laughs> in the play-in tournament and they got to win two games, they might have the best player on the court, very possibly in both games. Like it is, and by the way, it is definitely possible out. it could do that. Real quick, Jalen Williams, the Jalen Williams wing wing, the guard forward Jalen Williams, is right now probably a serious contender to be first team all rookie for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. That pick was the Clippers pick. So already right. they have given a lottery pick that is materially helping a team that is now maybe right. beating them out for a playoffs. A, a lottery pick plus the guy who at the time was a lottery pick coming off his rookie season is now an all NBA player. Like Shay Gildas Alexander. Of course, that goes without saying. That goes without saying. And fellas, how, how delicious would it be right now? OKC's nine. The uh, the Clippers are eight, and they're in a virtual tie. How juicy would it be if those two teams end up meeting for the last spot in the playoffs? Be to be pretty incredible. Be pretty incredible if they did. There's no question, but and it's possible. You know, so yeah, so if we're talking about teams that are under pressure, there's probably not a single team that's under more pressure in the league right now than the Clippers because they I have agree. and they sold everything out for this team, and so far they have one conference finals appearance to show for mm-hmm. it and right now they're under 500 more than halfway through the year and they feel a lot like the 1819 Celtics a team everybody told me all year was going to come together was going to be fine the talent was going to work out and it just never did and and their two max stars are on the wrong side of 30 the payroll's 192 million dollars this year a, a bit over 200 million dollars next year steve plus plus tag so i mean I don't have a Bob Marks calculator. It's four hundred. Oh, there you go. There you go. I, Brian Windhorst has that. Big give, old give brain. T- it's, I mean, it's, it's next year. It'll be around. I mean, we, it'll be around four hundred million next year. Whatever the so, number is, it's an astronomical amount. Steve Ballmer ain't paying that money to have a cute little play-in team. Um, <laughs> it's true. That that's for sure. And so you you know, there's been reports about uh, links to you know or interest in Mike Conley, which that makes perfect sense. I mean. They don't necessarily need a, Conley, a point guard. Conley played very well against them last night. <laughs> yeah, and they don't necessarily need a point guard who's going to dominate the ball, but they need a guy who can get them in their offense, who can also play off the ball, who's going to be a pro. Like Conley would be a phenomenal fit. Um, you got to make a deal that makes sense for the Jazz. Danny Ainge doesn't make deals just to be a nice guy. So, you know, he wants other people to make give him deals with their where they're very nice guys. That's what he yeah. specializes in. He gets other people to be nice guys. And you know, like you, you, you want to dump Reggie Jackson. You know, like right if if the Jazz wanted Robert Covington, they'd have got him last year. Um, you know, when the when the Blazers were trying to move him and ended up moving him, I mean, they they sent Joe Ingles to Portland if they want to come. Speaking of they, uh, first team all, all rookie candidates, Walker Kessler is a quick aside. Um, oh, not a, not to probably a first team all rookie lock the way that he's playing. Um, but like 
you know, Danny Ainge is going to have these guys over a barrel if 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 they're really that uh, interested. Well, how many in, other in suitors Conley? are there for Mike Conley? Yeah, that you know? that's the tricky part. I mean, the the Clippers do have a bunch of interesting young guys they could throw in a deal. They've got BJ Boston. They've got Man who they could put in a deal. They've got um, they've got Jason Preston who could, they could put in a deal. They've got Amir Coffee on a good contract they could put in a deal. Like they've got they've got some Canard, guys they could throw Canard could be interesting. Well, Canard yeah. is the is the ballast in a trade too. I mean, that's yeah. right. Right. They have, they have a bunch of mid, they have a bunch of mid tier salaries that they can make work in trades, you know, Kennard, Covington, Reggie Jackson, they could put wall in a trade. They got a lot of guys that could throw in there. If they want, they, is, they've is, got is, some interesting young guys. They've got to pick, they have, they have stuff they can cobble together, but whatever it is, they're going to have one shot at it. And again, mm-hmm. they got to They got to hit on it because that, they're they're all in and pot committed on this team. And, well, I mean, you know, here's what they, here's I, I, I'm stuck. not in the I'm not in the Clippers locker room, to be clear, but it looks like a team that could use some, you know, some leadership. Yeah, and 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 Conley potentially is that know. type of player. Um, all right, another team under some pressure um, is a team in the same building, the LA Lakers. And I think Bontemps, you have some trivia before we move on to that. I do. I do have trivia. Uh, it's little Lakers related trivia brought to us by the, the great stats Williams. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play. And boom on Yeho tequila came in with a smooth assist to hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Now it's time for a Hoop Collective Trivia. So earlier this week, we saw LeBron go off for 48 against uh, McMahon's Houston Rockets and, and Jamari Smith Jr. Had a moment with Jabari Smith Sr. Uh, courtside. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are eight different father-son combinations that LeBron has played in his career. Wow, one of them eight. is obviously That's interesting. One of them is obviously the, the, the Smiths. There are seven more. Well, there was oh, another can, one in that game. Yeah, right. Kenyon Martin Jr. was in that game. And you know, it's funny. Uh, and That's there's correct. a father, father coach. Uh, you know, he played for Paul Silas and Stephen Silas was coaching. Right. And that, that, that is nice also coach. like they had a nice moment before the game there. Yeah. Um, I actually, it's funny. Out of curiosity, I looked up to see if LeBron played against either Tim Hardaway Sr. or Del Curry. He just missed both those guys. 
Because I will tell you like, right now, I will, I will tell you right now that there were at least 10 guys that like just missed. Yeah. I was okay, doing so this with Stats Williams the other day, trying to answer it myself, and I missed well, I mean, a bunch of guys. Well, I mean, just to be clear, LeBron's trying before. to play with his own son in the next two years. So, of course, <laughs> right. you know, when he came to the league, he was 18. So it's not a, it's not a surprise. But I'm thinking, uh, right. did he play with one of these, like, 30-something vets, uh, dads? But uh, Gary Trent Jr., um, that's, AJ that's Gr- the third a- one. A.J. Griffin. That's the fourth one. Oh, wow. There's four that's more, a, four more I, total. I, I, I like A.J. Griffin, by the way. I think he's going to be a really nice player for, uh, he is, for Atlanta. He is a, the Hawks, very, by the way, he is a very, very mm-hmm. good player. The Hawks, by the way, might be catching a little bit something here, and Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are starting – to get a little bit of traction together, but we'll talk about that in another time. Uh, so, there's, so there's so there's four: the Smiths, the Griffins, the Martins, and the Trents. There's four more after that. Jay Crowder's dad didn't hang around long enough. Uh, I'm trying nope. to think. I'm gonna. I'm skimming through. There's one of them that's not in the league now that I can almost guarantee no one's gonna say. So I'll give you All that right, one. It's Glenn Robinson and Glenn Robinson the third ah, is one of them. Really? Big dog. Uh, the other three. The other three are all that. Uh, that's why the other three are all playing in the league right now. He didn't play. <laughs> he didn't play against West Matthews Senior. Um, no, nope. I'm just. I'm just skimming the standings here, thinking of, of uh, one NBA. One of them sons. came up earlier on the. One of them came up earlier on the podcast. I mean, an NBA son who came up earlier on the podcast. I think is a pretty good, good hint, especially for McMahon. Played in Dallas last year. Oh, Jay really? Brunson. Yeah, Jay yes. Brunson. Wow. He I played against that. Rick Brunson. Wow. I would have lost that. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Rick, <laughs> I that no was when I. I was covering uh, these games. I don't remember. There's, well, there's, my, there's Rick, two, Rick probably didn't play a whole lot. There's <laughs> he was a Jabari uh, Smith senior. So there, no, he was actually DMPCD in LeBron's debut. Yeah, but I don't that we, we don't get bogged down. I looked it up. There's two more. One of them is the son of. One of them is the son of a Hall of Famer. Son of a Hall of Famer. Won a title last year. Clay Tom. No way. No way. Wasn't there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, uh, the right team. On the other wrong name. That's right. Uh, uh, Wiggins? No, oh, he didn't play against no, Wiggins. Wiggins. dad's a Hall of Famer. Oh, of course. Mitchell Wiggins' dad ain't a Hall of Famer. Sorry. Same team, though. Sorry. We're getting farther down the list. He didn't start for Golden State last year. Oh, he Gary came Payton. off the bench. Gary Payton that's second. Right. Gary Payton second. Gary Payton is second. And okay. the final one, the final one is the son of a former Laker was drafted as a rookie this year. Drafted as a rookie this year. I'm cheating and looking at the draft this year. I'm even going to give you a further hint just to speed it along. Uh, he was he was <laughs> drafted by our guy, Mike Schmitz. Oh, shit on Sharp? No. Oh, oh, sh- oh, Samaki Shamak- Walker's son. That's right. Samaki and Jabari Walker. Those are the eight. Those are the four, eight four, uh, father son. Samaki Walker is a former Laker. That's former Mavs lottery pick, Samaki Walker. There, there you go. Former, I would say he was a former Heat. He was tying him back to the Lakers. He was a former Lottery. That was, a, <laughs> uh, that was a good a very one. Good, I thought that was a very good trivia question from our guy, Stats. Good that was job. A, that okay. was a hard one. All right. The Lakers have lost the last three games by a total of nine points. And it's this kind of stuff that if they miss the play in. It's this kind of stuff that is going to keep them out because they are like, um, I think they're nine and 10 since Anthony Davis went down with injury. Hey, it's, it's better than you thought. 
Of course. And LeBron's missed some of those games. And like they had a game in Denver last week where they just spiked it. Denver's won like 15 in a row at home. They knew they weren't winning. LeBron took it off. And, um, you know, like they, they are just, you know, but by the way, this is what happens to bad teams. You know, you, you, you are five games below or six games, whatever they are, five or six games below 500 because you can't handle your business at the end of games because Russ runs into traffic. And this is why LeBron is screaming about the calls and like, look, you know, then that Dallas game, like there were some calls that hurt them clearly, but that's what did you, hack LeBron going to the basket. That's, what I'm saying. Like, that's the thing though. Like when you're like screaming about the officiating, it's because you need everything. And LeBron talked about that last night. He said, we have no margin for error. And he's mm-hmm. right. Like they get a bad call and they can't, you know, in some cases they can't survive it. So like, like on one hand, I would say that they're really, they're probably achieving what they should achieve without Anthony Davis this is probably who they are. Um, I mean, on this the other is hand, better than, this is better than who they are. I mean, if you'd I, said when he went out, they were going to be 500 without Anthony Davis, uh, literally anybody with the Lakers would have instantly signed up for that. Instantly. They started this, they started the season two and 10 and they are above 500 since then, even though Anthony Davis mm-hmm. has missed a huge chunk of those games. That is not something I expected. So, um, the question really is, and, it, and it's just been beat to death. I, I don't blame Rob Palenka and, you know, if it's Jeannie Buss's approval, I don't blame Jeannie Buss either. If they're not looking to, to cut into the future to try to get this team to the play in turn. Yeah, for this team, like, come on, man. Which, like, is, which gonna... is music to David Griffin's ears. <laughs> in the oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> But like, dude, you're five games under 500 and you're talking about giving up 20, 27, 2029 first round picks to, and honestly, at this point, it would have to be like they, we can talk about Pat Bev, Kendrick Nunn, those contracts, Russ for all of his late game, what the bleep are you doings? (laughs) He's their second best player right now. By plus minus, he has been there. I mean, you know, that's a flawed stat, but by plus minus, he has been their second best player since Anthony Davis went out. He 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 damn sure ain't their biggest problem right now. You know, like oh yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Wendy. You had something to say. Well, I'm just, you know, they got a ton of problems. <laughs> that, um, that that they do. They yeah, got they, a ton they, of problems. A, a rust discussion about the Lakers is the definition I think of majoring in the minor to, to call back to the beginning of the pod. You know, it's not, I'm not saying that it, it's like whether he's their second best player or not, it's irrelevant to the many, many issues that they've got, I mean, including the fact that they've had the fifth easiest schedule so far and they mm. have the 10th hardest remaining for a team anyway. by our, by our strength of schedule metrics, which again points to the fact that they guess they've been managed to stay afloat without AD, but, this thing ain't going to get any easier for them going forward. Freshen me up on the latest AD injury info. He's wh- he, he's he's been working out with only a little bit of pain in his foot. I think is the way Darvin Ham put it yesterday. Um, mostly pain free. I think I don't have the exact quote in front of me. I think I'm paraphrasing. So he's able to do workouts, but he is not doing practice and he's not totally pain-free. So look, when this injury happened and also when the Lakers put out the report that it was the navicular bone, which is extremely scary. um, I think it was fortunate that they didn't say he's out for the season. 
right. or he's out for three months. So if he's able to come back with any window for the Lakers to crawl into the play-in, it's great news for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the question really for them is, is there a trade with Nunn and Beverly, the two expiring contracts right. out there? Is there a trade that they can make that can maybe give them a little bit of margin for error? And trust me, they have been looking at it. <laughs> you know, yeah, they right. have been they have been having conversations, and you know, they don't like the options. Period. Um, you know, so they might do something, but this, you know, you know, and LeBron knows it too. And I think I think what LeBron wants is them just to be aggressively trying for it. Well, and they're um, in a tough spot for for a wide variety of reasons, but we mentioned the picks and not wanting to mortgage your future. And like maybe next year they are going to have a better chance to be competitive and boy, you want to be able to have those picks at your disposal then. Well, to be honest uh, also, with you, I mean, like it depends on what they have to do this summer too. Like, do they honestly think they're going to have, right. a, they want to be a cap space team this summer? Are they going exactly. to hunting in free agency? I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah. So if you talk about a deal where what you're doing is dangling expirings, then almost certainly you're taking back a a longer term contract, you know, because you're dangling expirings. The the attraction there is if a team's trying to get off some money. So, like, do you want to be able to be shoppers this summer, or do you want to punt on that? I think that's pretty dicey too. Yeah, um, there are no easy. It, it's, this is the the Mavs discussion on steroids, right? right? Mm-hmm. There are there are. This is there's. A, Easily, there is no easy solution here whatsoever. You know, they've they've got a lot of hard decisions they have to try to make. Yeah, the only thing is LeBron's already signed the extension. If LeBron hadn't signed the extension, the tenor of this discussion would be completely different, but he did. So, uh, okay, uh, Bontemps, last week you wrote about the Raptors. Um, The Raptors, I think probably right now, unless you disagree, are the – most discussed team about, you know, amongst when I talked to league executives, what are the Raptors going to do is the most discussed team in the league right now. Um, that was the whole point of that story. So I certainly yeah. agree. And basically what you, what you wrote was, I don't want to take it away from you, but basically what you wrote is the Raptors control this trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have the kind of player kinds of players that if they decide to, get in the marketplace and sell. They have the guys that could fundamentally change title odds for teams. Mm-hmm. As we sit here right now, we're three weeks from the deadline. As we talk right now, it does not seem clear to me that there's going to be any players that really can move the needle that are going to be available. And of the teams that could potentially jump in the Derby and really start trying to move guys, Toronto is the one sitting there with real pieces that they could move. And that's why, to your point, Brian, that's the topic everybody's sort of looking at, especially while we're in this period where you've got 25 teams that could still make the playoffs and everybody's sort of in a holding pattern as a result. Toronto has had a disappointing year. They've got Gary Trent and Fred Van Vliet, who could both be free agents. They've got other, you know, Pascal Siakam and OGN and Obi, two very talented young forwards also, um, or in their prime forwards in Pascal's case, still in his twenties. Um, you know, they've got they've got the kind of guys where if they say, all right, like doors open, come in and start at, you know, shopping around, there'd be bidding wars on those guys. So, yeah, I think, you know, if they decide to stand pat, then 
this trade line, I think, could be pretty quiet. If they decide to go after it, then things could get pretty spicy pretty fast. Spicy, well, look, I like that. So Van Vliet's situation P is interesting reference. because if they're worried about extending him, mm-hmm. they almost are compelled to trade him. Second, and, uh, and by the way, the Mavericks on Brunson, they're like, oh, you know, we're going to like Fred Van Vliet money is as high as we can go. Well, Fred Van Vliet money in the last contract and Fred Van Vliet money in the next contract are two widely different things. Well, <laughs> well look, I talked to Fred about this when I was up there in Toronto and I asked him about, you know, because he, you know, he had the ability to extend before the season. He could, by the way, opt out at any point of his contract for next year and extend same extension mm-hmm. number. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 115 million over four years. And he said, look, without getting into it, I think I'll play that contract and I don't want to make it easy on these guys and lock into that. So that tells you that he thinks he should get more than that. The Raptors Listen, certainly would have been happy if he signed that extension. The fact he did it puts you in an interesting this is, middle ground this, right now. This is Mr. Bet on yourself. That's right. right? Like the guy who's done that, the, that multiple times. This is his the, the mantra of his career is bet on himself. So, well, And here's the other thing you have to factor in with the Raptors too. Over the past few years, obviously they won a title with Kawhi. So they're obviously that was one of the great trades in the history of the league with the way that worked out. But Kawhi Leonard leaves for nothing. Marcus All leaves for nothing. Serge Ibaka yeah. leaves for nothing. Kyle Lowry leaves for ultimately what became Precious Achua. Those four guys have become Precious Achua. That's part of the reason that the Raptors are in the spot they're in right now. This is a natural life cycle in the NBA. It's hard to beat. They've had the most wins in the East over the past decade. At some point, there comes a point where you have to make some decisions. You have some inflection points on where you're going to go. But I don't think they can afford to have guys walk out the door for free again based off of the amount of talent drain they've had. And that's where it really well, I it was think, easier becomes to let an those guys walk out the door when they had already won a ring. You know, well, and, and and look, when Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka left, it's also worth pointing out those two guys were on a team that was a couple possessions away from making the conference finals in the bubble. I think they would have beat Miami if they won that Celtic series. They might have won a title. So it, it's obviously not to say that they made a mistake in not trading those guys, but they've had a lot of talent walk out the door in recent years. And I think that only amplifies the decisions they have to make on both Gary Trent, who they got moving away from Norm Powell two years ago in a similar deal. Norm was going to be an unrestricted free agent. They sort of punted him down the road to get Gary Trent Mm -hmm. in his place, who was going to be a restricted free agent. Now Gary can opt out and be unrestricted. Fred can opt out and be unrestricted. I think the the past history there has to play a factor into what they decide to do with those guys. Ananobi has one year left. It's extension eligible, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's also got an option after that. Right. I mean, Ananobi is a bit of a polarizing player because he is what everybody in the league wants, a two-way wing, tremendous mm-hmm. size. But on the other hand, the price of players like that right now after the Gobert trade is like, I mean, I'm hearing people discuss the possibility of an Ananobi trade and what it would cost. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and you're, you're talking about like DeJounte Murray All-Star. type of packages? Yeah, I mean, well, DeJounte Murray, well, I mean, you could hey, argue, was... was right. Was yep. too much. Well, by the um, way, Pascal Siakam, who's maybe been has been terrific again this year, might be an All NBA player again. He's also one and a half years away from free agency. So they they got a lot of guys. All four, all their the four of their five core guys besides Scotty Barnes are within eighteen months of free agency. Well, here's so something else they, I'm going to say. 
the Raptors could also go the other way and trade for a for a player to help them. Like that's very what that microphone do to you. Yeah, what that microphone do to you, Wendy? Sorry, Golly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that they, they look, they definitely could. They're one of the few teams, you know, you've laid it out a bunch of times, Brian. There's not many teams in the league that have control of all their picks. The Raptors have control of all their picks. There's a reason they were in in the, uh, you know, they're mentioned in the Kevin Durant uh, yeah. stuff over the summer. They have they have a lot of different things they could trade. It's why Kevin Pelton and I put them in a tier where they were all in on nothing this summer because they had the ability to go in any direction they wanted. And that's that's part of where I think the pressure is going to be on them over the next few weeks is that I think they have to decide a direction one way or the other, because I think it's just they just feel like they're in a state of limbo there. And I think it's wearing on everybody involved. Um, well, they're also uh, not playing well and they're in 11th place. Yep. I'll tell you what, though, man, uh, Anano- like the, I always want to see Ananobi on the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, if you oh add one more stud two-way wing, big two-way wing well, to the if Grizzlies. You, if Ananobi got- was really available. and you well, He's had, the perfect guy for Memphis. He's the perfect guy for you, just about any team. If you had teams like Memphis or New Orleans mm-hmm. bidding. Both of whom have Phoenix, all their picks plus Phoenix bidding. Yeah. Phoenix has all Look, their OG, picks. They don't have- OG might be a guy who's 85 or 90% of what the kind of the, the theory of him is. He maybe not is everything, but he's still, he's one of the best plug and play players in the entire league. You could drop him in on any team and he's going to fit with what you're doing. And that makes him an immensely valuable guy. He's one of the best isolation also, defenders in the league. He can shoot threes. He's a good player. You're eventually going to have to pay him like two years, you know, whatever. Yeah. But his contract right now is under market. For sure. So it's more palatable to trade for. And then you'd still have him on that number next year. You would be worried about what would happen after that, especially if you're giving multiple assets for him, which you'd have to, because right. there'd be a bidding war. Um no, he's but, gonna, there's uh, going to be at least two picks. Yeah. For, for oh, yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's what right. and that's what makes it such a fascinating. That's why Toronto is in the middle of all this stuff, because they they have the ability to really shift the landscape. But it's also not been Masai's in Masai's DNA to go that route. You know, and the other right. thing that's hanging out there, too, is they're also not far from plumbing into the bottom of the standings or getting in the mix there to be somewhere in the five, six, seven range to jump up in the lottery and potentially get one of those guys. That's what they did two years ago. And they had Scotty Barnes and it changed the, we thought the trajectory of their team, but uh, they overachieved last year. They're underachieving this year. Okay. Bontemps has got to go to Celtics shoot around. McMahon's got to check his messages because God knows what else is he's being demanded to tweet. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to Collective Podcast. I volunteered thank you to tweet that. <laughs> thank you. You're right. All right. Thank you to our producer, Jackson. We will talk to you next week. Adios, amigos.